Hi, I'm Case Ellers. And I'm Mark Jones. And this is the In It Together podcast. No matter what level of experience you have in real estate, navigating the ever-changing real estate market can be tricky. Each week, my co-host Mark and I will bring you valuable tips, tricks, and trade secrets from our favorite industry experts, colleagues, and friends. Sit back and relax because we're about to get started. But most of all, I hope you realize that no matter how complicated the real estate industry can be, you're going to walk away knowing we're in it together. On today's episode, Case and I are going to talk about a hot topic, which is tiny homes. Uh, Are they really a good investment? And uh, I know we both have some opinions, so let's get into it, Case. Talk to me about tiny homes. What are your thoughts? Oh, gosh. So mm, the, I tiny homes, you know, I find them really fascinating because for, I'm a big dude and I don't think I could ever live in like 300 or less square feet like that just sick you know i've i've lived I'll tell you six four six three oh i'm thank you but no i'm six two six two <laughs> any anyone over five foot ten is tall to me so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i just i i give people credit who could kind of be that minimalistic and have that type of space i on uh, my other podcast i interviewed a a friend of mine from years ago and her and her husband actually are schoolies so they actually converted a school bus into their home they're on their second one they have three children now and they've they've made like the best use of the space but from an investment standpoint as an agent and just you know personally i i don't know that they're the best investment for someone to buy you know, I don't know what your thought is, but to me, it's it's not so much about the size of the home itself, but as much as it is the amount of land that they're getting, because the value in a lot of these instances, it has to do with the land. Like even if you were to buy, you know, a mobile home, you know, attached to a lot, um, a lot of the value stems from the what the lot's going to be worth, because sometimes the mobile homes are considered vehicles and they're depreciating assets. So right. what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I agree with you that the um, it's it's kind of inconsistent. I agree with you that the the investment is not as strong as buying a, a typical single family home, um, and it does depend because some of them are are you know basically mobile and they move around. Others are you know just like with mobile homes they're put in a place and fixed and attached to sewer or septic or whatever. And they're there forever and, and they own the land. Obviously those are a little bit better. I think, I think they have an application. I just don't think it's for everyone. And so whenever you have a niche product, it's going to diminish the value uh, somewhat because it's a, a much narrower audience that's going to buy it when you're ready to sell it. So, um, so it may take longer to sell you may not get as much as you would get if it were a single family home on this in the same location, that kind of thing. Um, but I think there are some good applications for it. Like, uh, you know, I've seen some in North Georgia um, as cabins, like a, a little, you know, tiny house cabin getaway from the city. I think it's a, that's a great application for it because, you know, it's, you're not there. Like if you go up to the mountains, you're not spending the entire day, hopefully, 
inside. If you're going up during the summer, you're out there hiking, you're on the water, whatever. So you're really kind of just like sleeping in it and, and bathing and maybe having breakfast or whatever. But if I personally, if I had to spend a lot of time in a tiny home and I'm only five foot six and a half on a big hair day. So <laughs> if I were to spend a lot of time, I would still go nuts. Like it's, I just need space. And to me, it's just a little bit like tiny homes are too small. I had a two bedroom condo um, and for one person, it was um, 790 square feet. And I thought that was probably the perfect amount of space. In fact, I, I probably could have given up the guest bedroom, but it was nice to have when I had visitors um, and when I had a roommate. But living there by myself, I could probably have done without the second bedroom. But it was nice to have, even if it was just periodically to go in and use the closet or the mirror or whatever. Um, it was just nice to have it because it didn't, it just kept me from feeling like it was too claustrophobic. So I don't know, some, anything under 600 square feet is going to feel small. Yeah. I mean, I'm all about the actual tiny home. And what I mean by that is a home that's maybe like under 12, 1300 square feet. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, one of my properties down in Florida, it's a two one, it was my first house. Um, it's just under 1100 square feet, I think, mm -hmm. but it was, it was perfect because it was a two one. There were times I had a roommate. And like you said, when I didn't have a roommate, it was nice just to have like the extra room. Sometimes I could put stuff in there if I didn't want to see it, but just had enough space. Right. Um, you know, and, but that property's almost tripled in value for me, but I could also see from an investment standpoint, like what with, you were saying with uh, Airbnb, like you could probably make a killing off of a tiny home mm -hmm. um, in that respect. I just, but I also see on the flip side, someone could come to me and say, well, affordability in a large city like Atlanta or Orlando is not there. So I, you know, I'm more interested in looking at the route of, you know, a tiny home. Um, yeah. Do you know if they have financing for those? Because I thought it was kind of like mobile homes in the sense that typically you don't have that. Yeah, honestly, I've never looked into it, so I don't know. Um, I would assume that it would depend on the situation if it's, you know, if it's actually built on a property and it's affixed to a permanent foundation versus like I know the tiny homes or the uh, mobile homes rather that when I lived in Palm Springs, for example, in the desert, there are a lot of manufacturer homes is what they call them okay. um and they have a vin number like a tag number rather and uh they're you know they're there's a title uh like that like with a car not a title like with a house like there's no deed it's literally a you know a car title type a vehicle title um so i i think there's fine there's there's always financing the question is is it traditional financing Right. Like, in, again, in California, those mobile mobile or manufacturer homes in the desert, there are lenders that will lend on them. It's just not a typical home loan. So there are only certain lenders that offer that type of financing. So. Yeah, I just I found that there were down in Florida, there were a lot of manufactured home communities, especially in like the 55 plus sector. Mm -hmm. And occasionally I'd get people who would reach out to me and ask about, you know, oh, and they'd want to come they'd see oh it's it's only you know a quarter the price of 
a single family home the same size. And I'm all about affordable housing, of course, but yeah. what we would run into is most of the time, either we couldn't finance it because it was considered a vessel and they didn't couldn't own the land, they had to rent the land, or it was a situation where it was attached to the land, but there were so few options that they would have had to do crazy financing and down payment or they would have had to buy the structure of the property to then buy the land. And it almost, at least during that time, and this was years ago, I mean, this was when, you know, homes were a lot more affordable too. It made more sense for them just to buy because they needed less money down, like, cause right. they could do FHA and that sort of a thing. Um, so I was just curious, cause I'm like, I feel, I don't know. I, I think like you said, they have their uses, but I, I still, feel like the best return you could get if you had to choose between investing in in real estate and you know a small condo versus a tiny house like I would get the condo yeah I think the affordability factor is a, a definite you know check mark in the positive column for tiny homes um, I think the a good application of the tiny homes, to tackle the affordability problem is is in the ADU area, where you could have a, a you know seven hundred fifty or or smaller square foot home in a backyard of a primary residence. So that becomes a rentable unit um, that you know someone can rent. That's much more affordable than renting a regular size house, um, and it'll help with density because like in Atlanta it's hard to add additional density without going to ADU route, without tearing down, you know, a, a block of houses and putting up a high rise or something or a mid rise building. So I think ADUs is one of the um, ways that tiny homes, quote unquote, can be utilized effectively. And I know in a couple of weeks, um, we're going to be having an episode about ADUs coming up. So, um, you know, we'll definitely dive into that. Well, and not to prematurely like talk about it, but like, since you brought it up, I mean, I even like the idea with the ADU is that if someone really wanted to do like house hacking, they could build the ADU and live there and like rent out the larger home and probably make a lot more money off of that. Right. And then live out in the, the ADU. So, um, you know, I, I think what it boils down to and the, the cool thing about real estate is that there's so many ways that you could be creative if you mm. just kind of research and know the right people. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the key for me is like, not everything is for me, but that doesn't mean it might not be right for one of my clients. Right? Yeah. So I, I want to understand everything that's out there. And who knows there that you might meet someone that it's a perfect solution for. And uh, so to have a strong opinion about it is one thing personally, um, but uh, you know, I might not you know buy a tiny home and go live in it, but I'm, I would have an ADU or I would go on vacation and go, you know, spend time in an, in a tiny home for an overnight or a couple of days. I just wouldn't want to live with them in one per permanently, but that doesn't mean someone else might not feel very differently. Well, and I, but I think that's what also makes us different in a good way is like we, we 
yeah, we could have our personal opinions about it, but we we know we want to know what products that are there that would serve our clients' needs, right? Right. You know, and I think that's what's most important. And um, yeah, I just I, if I'm strictly just talking about a opinion of value, which we you know we do all the time, I just mm-hmm. that's that's my biggest holdup with the, the with a tiny home is just right. you know the the investment side of it, but, mm-hmm. um, I do think it has a purpose and I think it works for a lot of people and, um, it'd be cool to like sell one one day. Like if, if I could, I just, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's such a hot topic. There's so many opinions around it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it is a great solution to affordable housing. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know that it's, it's the best long-term investment. So, well, and yeah, and I have to admit when the, the minimalism, uh, movement sort of started, uh, I was very much on board with it. I downsized from a 3,800 square foot house to a 1,700 square foot house to a 750 square foot condo. Like I, I did all the things I got rid of stuff. Um, and it was great, but getting smaller than that for me, it was like, okay, I don't want to go smaller than this. Um, so as excited as I was about tiny homes when they first came out and uh, had all these visions about what, you know, living in a tiny house and what I could do with, you know, developing a tiny home community and all of these things. At the end of the day, I was like, well, let me see what people say after they lived in one. And I've heard a lot of people who've lived in them say, it was great at first, and then reality sunk in and I had to, you know, do all these extra things in my life because I couldn't do that in my tiny house. So they've ended up like leaving the tiny house because it just didn't fit their lifestyle for a, a long period of time. It was good for a very short period of time during their stay. I could absolutely, I, I could definitely see that. And I'm, I'm in the same boat as you when it comes to my square footage and, and where I'm living. I mean, um, I've definitely lived in larger homes and, you know, right now my place in Buckhead is it's, and it's, and also too, it's all how it's laid out, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a, a similar, you know, apartment that was larger or I'm sorry, it was the same size as the one I'm in now. And the layout was so much more efficient and this one is not, and I can't stand it. And there's only so much that you could get rid of. But then, you know, if we're talking about buying a property as well, you know, one of the other factors that goes into it when it comes to the size is really thinking about, you know, it. it's obviously going to depend on the location you're in, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go resell a property or and look at the homes that are going to accrue the most value, it's typically the ones that are a little bit larger. You know, because there's only a, so much of a threshold that you could purchase the smaller homes for, right? So, well, and it's a function of of this the size of the the purchase price, right? Like, if something's if the market in general is going to increase by twenty percent, um, you know, over two years, like it did during COVID, uh, then it's going to be uh, a much larger dollar figure if you're going 20% on a $500,000 property versus 20% on a $100,000 property. So it's just, you know, simple math, the bigger the um, purchase price, the more the investment grows 
dollar wise as the market expands by any given percentage. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me of the, I recently, um, saw a, a condo, I had sold my best friend's condo when he moved to Austin as a one bedroom, one bath, 485 square foot condo. And I think he had paid 119 for it. And uh, he sold it two years later. And I think we we got like 127 for it. So, you know, hadn't gone up very much. Um, and that same condo just sold for 215,000 in Buckhead, 485 square feet, but it's literally the best for 485 square foot layout I've ever seen. And there was a really custom, nice Murphy bed built into bookcases. So it was, it was just a really great unit. And honestly, like I could have lived in that particular unit at 485 square feet. But again, going back to your point, it's all about how it's laid out. Yeah, it, it truly is. I mean, um, and I remember even asking, you know, Hannah, the one who has the bus, I was like, you know, how has this worked for your family? And she said, it's all, she's like, we've had to even redesign the layout a little bit because over time and expanding of our family, we've needed our space to be rearranged. So for sure, um, that's, you know, that's the fun part about looking at real estate though, is you really, you know, there's, there are so many options and it, it gives you a lot of ideas. Yep, absolutely. Well, is there anything else about tiny homes that we, we haven't thought about or didn't cover today? I don't think so. I think we're going to get into a whole lot more with ADUs when we um, cover that topic, but that's worthy of its own segment. So um, we'll wait to tackle that for a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, this is all for us today, and we hope you guys enjoyed our segment. Don't forget to like and rate our podcast on your preferred podcast platform, because the more ratings we get, the more we can connect with cool people like yourself. I'm Case Sellers. And I'm Mark Jones. And we're in it together. <laughs>